Hey, thanks so much for listening to Hear RVA's liner notes for our first season ever. I can't believe we've done it. This is the last episode. We want to come back with season two, but we do need your help. To help support season two of Liner Notes, check our links in the bio where you can get t-shirts or support our fundraising efforts so that we can get new cameras and equipment and also pay people who are working on this. This has all been volunteer love, but you know, we gotta live and eat. Another great way to support Liner Notes is to share it with your friends. Go to Apple Music, Spotify, leave us a review, or just tell your homie about it. Word of mouth is the best way to spread something dope. Thanks again for rocking with us, and we hope you enjoy the last episode of Season 1 of Liner Notes. This is Doe Eyes. Yeah, then I moved back to New York for a while, and then I somehow broke the New York addiction and came back to Richmond because so much was happening. And every time I would come visit, there was so much music happening. And um, my friends were all like, you can play a set at a brewery and make $100. And I was like, that is incredible. <laughs> and so I came back and that's what I started doing. And yeah, it's funny that that's like the thing. Welcome to the 10th and final episode of Liner Notes. For this one, we have somebody real special. If you took 80s aerobic energy and Americana music and fused them together, you'd get our guest, Doe Eyes. She created her album, Let It Leave, but unluckily, a pandemic broke out across the universe, and so she had to figure out a new way to market it. So we're gonna talk to her about how she linked up with her brother to create a visual album to help promote it. Also about linking with other Richmond musicians to broaden her sound. So stick with us. Episode 10 of Liner Notes, the season finale with Doe Eyes. Is that better? Can I did still not hear me? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, I did not expect magnetic earrings. <laughs> I know, me neither. <laughs> it's never happened. And you got the record on? Yep. Super sweet. Okay. You'll rarely catch me in a t-shirt, but this just felt like a t-shirt vibe. Like oh, the room is... feels like you should wear a band t-shirt. Yo, you have... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny you say that because there have been multiple times in this first season where I've been wearing the same shirt as the guest. Oh, and yeah. you're like, oh, yep. Yeah, no, and it's... it's <laughs> that's it's, really sweet, actually. That's why. That's yeah. how I was you know, thinking about it. I was like, look, if I was going to your show and I had your shirt, I would wear your shirt, right? So yeah. you coming over for an interview, like, I'm going to wear your shirt. They happen to wear the same shirt, and there you go. So. Anytime I see a Doe Eyes shirt, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> that's me. Yeah. Yeah, that's got to be a trippy experience to, like, see something you created or yourself, like, walking around on a human. Yeah, for sure. The T-shirt is, you know, a drawing that my older brother did, so I'm always like, oh his art is like on somebody's body that's so cool um but if it were my face that would be pretty bizarre <laughs> yeah seeing yourself stare back at yourself yeah although that's what the county crow guy wanted to see himself staring back at himself on tv you know whatever floats your boat mr jones and me I mean, that was a deep <laughs> reference <laughs> that was a deep reference is his last name jones no but the song is called mr jones right. uh what is that dude's name i don't know Oh no! But he had super cool hair. Yeah, I don't think he has that hair anymore. There's a guy that works in our rehearsal space who has a Counting Crows tramp stamp, and it is 
What is a counting of crows tramp stamp? It's like a counting crows. um, I can't remember if it's a quote or a logo, but it's definitely big and committed counting crows. I can't decide what's worse. Inspiring. Words or the logo. (laughs) It's inspiring. The bold commitment is really inspiring. You know, sometimes you just have to jump. Yeah, you just got to plunge. There would be a day in that man's life when he looked back, if he didn't do it, and he'd go, you know, when it's all said and done, I should have gotten. I should have gotten in that moment. Stamp. Yeah. Especially if it was like mid '90s and you're at the show. <laughs> like, I that's a vibe. You're like, sign my tramp stamp. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be so memorable uh, for the County Crows. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's not a thing that they're asked to sign that often. Yeah, I mean, I would hope not. I hope that there. Well, I don't know. I can't decide if I hope that there's. A million Counting Crows tramp stamps, or um, only that one guy. What's the over under? If you were gonna, if I was gonna say bet a hundred bucks, and it was, what if I put the line at twelve and a half Counting Crow tramp stamps (laughs) in the entire world? You going under, over, over? You think there's more than than twelve and a half? Maybe. Like, like I'm talking tramp stamps, like lower back. Lower back. We're talking lower back specifically counting crows <laughs> we need to take a poll we need to send out if we can find mail. 12 or 13 people yeah uh, i will celebrate this will be a success i don't be... care about anything else that we talk about yep. today it will be a win. a win the win of life <laughs> i'm done i just quit i'll get my own tramp stamp if i can find 13. that's actually a a really good way to go about this i think, I think so that's if how... we find 13 counting crows tramp stamps then both of us have to get a For matching real? tramp stamp a matching tramp stamp of counting crows or can it be <laughs> of a, a ryan oh. counting crows like crows above her head 13 crows yeah ryan pointed at ryan pointing at the crows she's gonna love that <laughs> Honestly, oh. I'll take this bet. All right, let's do it. If we can find, what was it? If we can find 13? <laughs> 13. If we can find 13 counting crow specific. Tramp stamps. Tramp stamps. We we're get gonna, a matching. We're going to do it. Okay. Ryan tattoo. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this. I don't know what, I don't know what happened here. I forgot <laughs> that we started recording. No, no. This is perfect. Okay, like, great. Perfect. This is super casual. Good. You can, I feel casual yeah, t-shirt, t-shirt vibe. You had vibe. the right vibe. Like I said, very rare that you'll catch me in a t-shirt. You know what? And I'm, here I am. I'm glad that this space lets people feel comfortable. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I'm not. I always want to be a t-shirt girl, but I don't know. What stops you? I don't know. I, I'm always like, oh, but I should put in a little bit more effort than that. You know? But now I'm like, no, this t-shirt is cool. This is Angelica Garcia. And it's awesome. Shout outs to another Richmond artist. Yeah. Now in LA. Now in Killing LA. it. Richmond. The new things. single is so good. Do you remember Bullets on Broad? No. The burger place? No. Explain to me Bullets. Okay. Bullets. Talk about a Richmond smell. R.I.P. Bullets. Um, but the Richmond smell 
it was like char grilled, extremely like potent beef hamburgers. Um, yeah, and I don't know that smell in my childhood is like Richmond to me. So I lived in Mechanicsville. We would drive to Richmond. Um, my mom owned a dance studio. She would pick up her dance costumes at Wolf Fording in Shaco Bottom. And um, and then we would always go to Bullets. And that, I was like, I'm in the city now. Because it smells like this. <laughs> the beef like, lets you know you're in the big city. Yeah, it was like fancy fast food. Okay. You know? So you dreamed of coming here for the smells. <laughs> They took away the bullets. Oh man! But you stayed. Yeah, I did stay. Well, you left and stayed. And I stayed left late. for a while. Well, where did I... Where did you go for a while? Um, I first went to Norfolk, went to dance school for a semester. Then I went to New York for three years. In that time, I went down to Orlando and worked in Diagon Alley as nice. a witch oh. in Tales of Beulah Park. <laughs> That's Super amazing. Nerd. It was really funny. Are you a, fun. are you like a Harry Potter nerd? Um, no, no. Um, okay. But I pretended like I was. Okay. In order to get the job. All right. Um, well, no quizzing here. <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah, I what was a Hufflepuff, the right? only one. <laughs> probably, <laughs> you probably nailed it. No, I think I took the Pottermore quiz because I was like, I better know my stuff if I'm gonna be in this world and I am a Gryffindor. Oh nice. Yeah. Good for you. Um thank you. It feels like an accomplishment. It is sure. in itself. I feel like it's respectable, maybe the most respectable one. No offense. Anybody? Ravenclaw, Slytherin, Hufflepuff, everybody kinda knows. I love Hufflepuff. Let's be real. Yeah, I love it. I think they do their own thing, you know? They do. They do. They're usually the most personable, likable, funny, fun. And you said you didn't know anything about Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I do now. Okay. Um, so that was really fun. But then, um, yeah, then I moved back to New York for a while. And then I somehow broke the New York addiction and came back to Richmond because so much was happening. And every time I would come visit, there was so much music happening. And um, my friends were all like, you can play a set at a brewery and make $100. And I was like, that is incredible. <laughs> and so I came back and that's what I started doing. And yeah, it's funny that that's like the thing that I was like, okay, yes, I'll, I'll do the breweries. It actually started with my mom. Like I went grocery shopping with her and was starting to see all of the all, all the options that are out there. I just was like, yo, like, I can make all kinds of pretzels. I would come up with a bunch of cravings and then start selling them at work. Like, I spent a lot of time like making sure every detail is like perfect. I just knew whatever was gonna come out was gonna be real because like, I sort of, I, I live and breathe this, like, handling creations. It was really important for us to be able to provide something for our vegan community, gluten-free community, our sugar-free community. The pretzels are like pretzel ladies. The cake pops are lady cakes. So just kind of trying to pour into that feminine energy and that, you know, I can have kids and still own my own business. Like, I can do it all.
back to Richmond, how did you find yourself like booking shows and, and kind of getting yourself out there in the scene? Um, I met a bunch of songwriters through my good friend Aaron Fry, who um, my sister introduced me to. Um, we all worked together at Spark School of Performing Arts in the Richmond community. Um, and when I moved back, that's pretty much the reason the breweries and also moving back to um, work for Spark and do a short contract with them. I was like, oh, I'm just going to be in Richmond for a little while to like save some money and get my feet on the ground and go back to New York. And um, what I found was Erin, who worked with us, um, had had me open for her at the Tin Pan in the West End. Nice. Um, and it was like the first time that people were actually listening, like because in New York you go and there's maybe like one person in the front like listening and everyone else is chatting it up or on the subway. It's kind of similar because um, I was doing a lot of busking. And so, yeah, so um, I opened up for Aaron. And then from there, there was this thing called the Nine Songwriters Series. And um, it essentially, it was at the Tin Pan and it was a different nine folks of people. Um, folks of people, I don't know. Both folks of people. Yeah, folks of people. We're in Virginia. This is fine. <laughs> nine folks of people. Nine folks people. It's <laughs> cool. It was like nine people. Folks um, of people. Folks of people uh, that uh, got together and maybe an hour before the show uh, were like, "Can you sing harmonies on this tune? Uh, I need a shaker on this tune. Maybe like you could play the fiddle on this tune or like pull out the harmonica." And we would just jam on each other's stuff. Um, the word jam is so weird to me. But uh, yeah, we would just play on each other's stuff in the moment. And those people were like Landon Elliott, Angelica Garcia, and Hanukkah, Jelly, um, Hannah Goad, uh, Ryder, uh, Keelan Creech, um, a ton of people that I'm not naming right now. But... I was involved in that for a few months and then that's kind of where I started meeting people to build a band and I've played with a ton of people just kind of like let's all play this show or that show um just like trying out different collaborations and figuring out my sound from there um and then of course Carrie Street Cafe RIP um was the spot for open mics and um you know, you would have people hop up on the drums and guitar and bass and everything, uh, just spur of the moment. Who was coming around the Cary Street Cafe? Like, who were you? Who were you jamming? With? Um, the main folks. Uh, well, it's the same Angelica Garcia and Hannah Goad. The three of us were playing together all the time. We had a little band called Whatever Honey, and I really hope that we can um, <laughs> Angelica and Hannah get together again and record some of this stuff because it was so fun and our bond as friends and our voices together um, just feels so, so, so good. Um, but we would show up at Curry Street a lot and just all three sign up and then hop on each other's songs. And then um, Andrew Sisk was always playing drums and um, Andrew Carper and... Um, all kinds of folks that are like literally I feel like I've seen everyone that I know in Richmond in that building you know what I mean like like people just 
it's like a it was like a black cult. You would just go in and you'd have no idea what time it was, and then you would stroll out of there at four a.m. and be like, "What happened just now?" It's best friends club. Nice. Yeah, it was crazy. I had it definitely had an expiration date. I was like, okay, I gotta <laughs> stop staying up this late and start taking care of myself. Um, oh, to be young. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know, that was my my bread and butter for a while. Just like going and playing and listening and watching other people and how they play, getting ideas, getting inspired. I think that's what I feel the most um, like nostalgic for is that, uh, especially in this time where we haven't had that. Um, even now, you know, I like to show up at um, Post Pub um, like, well, now, now, not really, because it's not really happening. But with the post-pub open mic, that was like the songwriter open mic with Jim Dobb hosting it. And he always had his bongos, like, you know, and he always sang, um, I can't help falling in love with you at the end of the night. Um, yeah, it's so special. It's really special there. But yeah, I love to, to go and like really, really listen to people and hear their stories. That's kind of what attracted me to music in the first place. How, how did like performing in front of people and seeing their reactions to your songs change or shape how you were crafting your own music at that point? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think the more I felt um, like people could get up and like move, the more attracted to it I was. Um, there's a lot of songs that are like really slow. I mean, on the other hand, like I'm a I'm a Gemini not to be like that, but like, you know, I've got these two opposing sides of me. One is like extremely introspective and introverted in some ways and like wants to connect in a very real uh like intimate way. And then the other is like I have like a my mom was a dance teacher, dance background, like Zumba instructor, let's go vibe. You know what I mean? So there's like this feeling of physical energy that I always uh, crave and want from audience members. But then at the same time, this like emotional uh, thing as well. So I think like when you see people really connecting or like singing the words along with you or something it's like oh i want to make more songs like that um but also you know if you're able to sing and play in a small room of people and feel them listening to you and being moved with you uh, that's also really magical so i think both sides i try to feed both sides as much as i can you hear that kids balance yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We try. We, we try. try to balance it out. Right? You can't stay up too late. You have to sleep some. Got to sleep. Balance. Yeah. Gotta... We're, I'm working on it. You want to have like a dance party? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Ooh. Uh, 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 hey, uh, hey, uh, hey, hey, hey. Uh, hey, you like a dance move? You like a dance move? Hey. Oh, oh we're synchronized, bro. Look at that. Oh, we're out of here. We checked you. So now you're in Richmond, you're performing, 
you're working on your own music. Mm -hmm. um, how far along after that did you start working on your debut album and how did you like go about putting it together? Um, well, I was writing these songs, obviously your debut record is always, there's always like, you have your whole life to write your first album and then your second album, you're like, oh God, I have to do this in such a short amount of time. I have my whole life to do that one. How am I going to do this? Um, but the first one, um, I got to a place where I knew I was going to make a record at some point. I didn't really, I wasn't set on going into a fancy studio or spending a lot of money. Um, I was really into the idea of doing it myself and learning through that. And so my partner at the time, um, we were uh, playing music. We were a duo and we were on a cruise ship. I wrote a bunch of songs on the cruise ship. We were country singers and <laughs> played 200 classic country songs on this ship from Mobile, Alabama to Mexico. Wow. For six months. It's crazy. You're the second cruise ship uh, employee we've had on this season. No way. Yeah. Who, who else? Uh, Pete. Barry Pete. <gasps> That's right. I did know that. We've had, we bonded over that for sure. Cruise ship buddies. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very specific experience. Yeah, it sounds experience. like, it sounds like it's trying. Like, it, it is like when you meet somebody who's also worked on a cruise ship, it's like, okay, we're, we know, like, it's like a going through not at all equivalent at all, obviously, but like, you know, going through the trenches. Yeah. You're like, I understand. Shared trauma. Shared trauma. Yeah. And also like shared just craze. It's just a constant party all the time. And, you know, you're just playing. I was playing four to five hours a day every day. Um, it was nuts. But that being said, um, from there, uh, my partner and I had split and, um, and we, before, before that we went to Ireland and we made a record in, um, a cabin in an Airbnb in Ireland. We took the earnings and didn't save them at all and flew them all in Ireland. Um, which was totally worth it. It was awesome. Um, but all of that time we spent um, in the cabin, we made a record of like Smoke and Some Do and Paper Stickers, a few songs that aren't on the album. Um, and it was like real folky. It sounded a lot like what I was doing with Hannah and Angelica. And, um, and you know, it was like, really DIY we didn't know what we were doing really I was like banging on drums and like you know I don't know what I'm doing in that world but it was really fun um, and it sounded cool and we were like oh this is really cool it's awesome um, but then when I came home um, you know things happen and we split and so then I had like all of this emotion obviously and like no one else before me has done i made an album it's groundbreaking <laughs> from a breakup oh my God. crazy wait till taylor swift hears about you i know she doesn't know she has no idea <laughs> you heard it here yeah you heard it here breakup album only it was just half just half of it mostly but it all ties together anyway it's called let it leave it's out right there um but uh, 
yeah, so I continued writing. I was like literally just pulling my shit together, pulling myself together. Um, and living with my friend Lucy Dacus um, and Jacob Blizzard. And they both were like, hey, we're going to Nashville. And I've known them since we were like very young. Um, but they were like, we're going to Nashville this weekend. What if you made your record this weekend? And I was just like, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. And so I hopped in the van and we went and met up with our friend Colin, who has made both of, or I guess all of Lucy's records. And, um, and also is like my childhood friend. We've known each other since we were teenagers. Um, and all four of us used to make songs together in his dad's chiropractic office. <laughs> um, but, you know, we went, and knocked it out with Jacob and these session musicians in Nashville. Um, and it was like the most joy I had felt in that moment. Like, I know it's like so, um, for anybody that's gone through like deep loss of love and like something that you thought was gonna be like the one and only forever. And also just kind of this feeling of like creatively something dying and needing to bring, um, like really struggling to bringing any kind of like light and rebirth into your life. Like making that record was so important for me in moving forward in my life. Um, and the way that it was done in a weekend and so spontaneously, um, and the fact that like me and Jacob had kind of talked about what we wanted, but not really. Um, and then I went in and, Colin was just like, so, wanna make this a rock album? And I'm like, yes. And I'm just like, I, I will do whatever. Like, and just feeling so like viscerally um, tethered to these songs. Uh, it was really magical. And it was something that I don't think I could ever recreate or um, do in the same way. Uh, the next album, I feel like I'm taking a lot more time and intention, um, but this one, it, it was what I needed to move forward, and it just so happens that it's now everything to me, <laughs> you know, and like, it's my career and um, my connection to others, and I feel really grateful for anybody who's listened to it because I feel like there's another level of connection that you can have with people when you go through something that is so um, painful and and knowing that everybody has lost something or somebody and like, and so much worse and so many different um, ways and mediums and you know, like just, yeah, it feels good to share in that way for sure. Um, but I feel like I got on a tangent. I'm trying to remember, wrap back in, yeah. Counting crows. Counting crows. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's um, no, that's a great answer. I think. I mean, honestly, like I like cool. talking to people about, you know, why they make the project, like what it really meant to them. Like, yeah, you know, a lot of times, well, not all the time, but in that instance, like that album had kind of been brewing for a while, but it was like yeah. that instant moment of like, yeah, we need to do this. That really 
set the tone of how you delivered it, right? Totally. It's also kind of like in the movie Wedding Singer. when okay. Which um, part? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> when Adam Sandler is singing, you know, you know the part, the love song. Oh, yeah. Where he's written the love song, and then halfway through, he's like, I hate you, or something like, you suck. Something. I hope you die or something I like hope that. You die. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of how I felt about the album, mm. where I had like written this really sweet, pulpy, like wholesome, adorable thing. Okay. And then this happened, and it was like unleashing the beast. Like even in my vocal quality, I feel like my vocal quality has changed from that experience. <laughs> so weird, but like when you go through some shit of like oh my god this isn't what i thought and you're just like here is everything on the table it really changes the thing just like adam sandler what was it like getting the opportunity to have a TED talk and talk Whoa. about music and what it meant to you and what it can be. Um, and then we'll talk about performing with DJ Harrison too. Okay, cool. Yeah, it was a true honor, um, the TED talk thing. And also truthfully, um, in the company of, in safe company with all of you listeners and you and these posters, um, terrifying. It was very scary to me, <laughs> but you did, you did well. thank you. Thanks. Thank you. But no, honestly, above all, it's something I never thought that I would ever get a chance to do. And it was TEDx youth, which made it even cooler for me because I love the idea of young people hearing, like actually caring and listening and, um, and making their own opinions about things and, um, and teaching us, um, yeah, so it was awesome. And the timing was crazy because I was writing it right before, like literally right before the election results. Um, and it's all about, you know, like how I feel about being someone moderately in the realm of like Americana music um, and what Americana or what the American experience means to me um, and how I see it. And I think I wanted to deliver this like hopeful message for to comfort myself and everyone uh, that would be listening. Um, but I was also afraid that we were going to get another four years of scary stuff. Um, you know, so yeah, it was a whole lot of feelings. And I'm, I'm going to say this because it's always hard to say, but I'm very proud of myself because I feel like it was really, it was a fear for myself that I think I overcame and did. And I, there wasn't an audience either. So that as much as that sounds like it would be less scary, um, it's weird to not have a response, you know, to play a song through a screen or like give a message to a blank wall. You're like, I hope this is okay. <laughs> like, like, you know, and luckily Rhiannon who, um, who runs it is like 
absolutely an angel and was so it was a very special experience because she hadn't experienced live music at all in the pandemic and um and neither had I with the exception of like me and Aaron Lunsford and our backyard like playing for each other and crying <laughs> because we hadn't heard another voice um yeah but that was that was very special um the whole thing was really special and I feel really lucky to have had the opportunity what was <clears throat> Ooh, excuse me uh what was the part that like made you nervous because you've performed in front of people now obviously you said this wasn't in front of anybody but yeah what was it that kind of threw you a little bit I think the TEDx umbrella um you know is a very prestigious thing in my mind in my eyes um and I'm someone who very openly like I consider myself an intelligent person, but I think that has taken a lot of my own like mental um, hoops to come around to thinking that I'm an intelligent person. Because growing up, you know, I didn't get great grades. Um, I didn't graduate from college. Um, and yeah, and that wasn't because I didn't do well in college. It was because financially I couldn't swing it. Um, and life kind of moved me to New York City in my dreams and my fire and my heart. I was like, I don't want to be in the classroom anymore. I want to like be in the world and listen to stories and listen to people and travel and um, experience this and not hear about it in a class, you know? Um, yeah, so I think being someone who went to public school um, you know, and I left early in homeschooled, um, to finish with like, you know, a standard diploma and community college and all this stuff. Um, yeah, it hasn't been like a clean cut road to feeling like very confident about my status. <laughs> you know, I've been working lots of jobs for a long time. Um, not because of flakiness, but because of literally like needing to work to live and also um, not having like a degree to go or a desire to go and get like a nine to five. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, when being approached to give a TED talk, I was like, me? Like, you want me to give a TED talk? What? And then... Then I was like, okay, no, Allie, it's fine. Like, you got this. It's okay. They asked you for a reason. <laughs> they asked you for a reason. You wrote this song. You actually wrote it for a reason. Like, there's, yeah, there, yeah. It ended up being good. <laughs> Somebody told me, like, people don't ask you to do things that they don't believe that you can do. So you should trust them. Which That's really I great advice. I don't always listen to that advice. I definitely don't, but I'm trying to remember that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like they asked you to come out because they knew you could do it. I'm gonna pocket that. Pocket That's that. true. We're gonna put yeah. that on the tramp stamp. Tramp stamp, definitely. So we'll jump forward a moment to when your album is out now. Mm -hmm. It's. Heard the light of day. Yes. You made a specific point to have a, a visual element to almost make a visual. To, you did make a visual album for <laughs> it. Um, what kind of spurred that decision? 
uh, and I know that you made it with your brother. Like, what was the process of this like? How much fun was it? Like, oh my God, it was the best time of my life, honestly. And I hate to say that because it was, it was so sometimes the best times in our lives are because there's something else countering the fact that it's like, you know, like it was the light in the darkness, you know what I mean? The balance thing, it, it was truly, that experience was so special. And I'm really grateful that we had that kind of time with the pandemic. It's the biggest silver lining I could ever wish and dream for. Um, not to say that it wasn't absolutely, completely isolating during the pandemic. I was living alone in a house for most of it. Um, I mean, I say during the pandemic, we're still in a pandemic, but uh, during quarantine, sure. you know, um, and my brother and I, you know, I had been planning on this album. I recorded it three years prior to its release, um, about two and a half, two and a half years prior. Um, and the reason why I took so long in releasing it is because it was the most First of all, the most valuable thing that I have ever done. I put the most money into this thing that I've ever put money into anything ever. Um, second, yeah, I mean, and it's not that much money. <laughs> but like, you know, it was definitely an investment, a personal special investment for me. Um, I really believe in it and I believed in it and I wanted, I didn't want to just put it out on Bandcamp and call it a day. I wanted to have a plan and people and other people who believe in it. Because I feel like with music, what I've observed just generally with every single person that I know is that when other people believe in your music, that's when things start to happen, right? Like even audience members, if you have an, an audience that's like, this is good, this is good, right? And they're like, oh, you think it's good? I think it's good too, you know? Because people are afraid of asserting their opinions a lot of the time. I'm even afraid of that. So having a team of people was really important and I didn't have that team of people and I was trying to gather them and figure out how to do it and how to do the business side of it. And so eventually I did through a lot of like, you know, scouting out and like swimming around and figuring it out. Um, I found Scott Lane, who is my manager and one of my best friends in the whole world and creative collaborator, he's amazing. Um, and he's, uh, he is American Paradox. Um, but Egg Hunt Records put it out, and um, and that was really exciting for me. Um, and we were going to go to South by Southwest, and like just like every every single person, I say this, but I know that like every person listening, you, Ryan, everyone had something that they were really looking forward to, and we all collectively lost it all, <laughs> like in that moment of like. Man, whether it was your kid's birthday party that they were looking forward to or whatever it was, like it doesn't matter the scale. It was like all of us lost it. And I was not able to accept that kind of defeat <laughs> because I was like, this has taken so long. Like, we got to do something. And um, my grandmother died, rest in peace. She's she was one of the most amazing people. She's, she was 103, incredible life, but um, was in isolation, all this stuff happened. So my brother had moved back and he and I were like really down in the dumps over that. And um, 
and also everything. And we were making margaritas and we were looking at each other and I'm like, you know what? I'm making a visual album. Like, I want it, we're gonna, we don't get an album release show, but like, let's do this visually, let's have it. And I don't know what I'm doing with visual stuff at all, but I was like, let's do this, let's figure it out. Let's have a big screening online where everybody can like log in and watch it. And let's just get creative and devote all, like, and I was like, I'm just gonna devote all my time to this. And Michael was just like, okay, awesome. Like, so tomorrow let's meet at 9 a.m. And like, just immediately, it wasn't even a discussion. Like, let's just do this, let's dive in. And so, yeah, so then it just became dissecting the songs. And I think immediately he was just like, explain smoke to me and explain this. And we just had a dialogue and just um, like, I'm definitely a very visual writer anyway. So everything that I write comes from a place where I see a movie in my head of what's happening and I describe it with words. So the movie in my head, not all of it lined up exactly, but it's the closest thing I could have ever expected or wished for with the budget that we had and also just with the time and resources that we had because grocery stores and every store was closed um i guess grocery stores are open but like every thrift store that you would go to buy things was closed like everything was closed so we were just like okay facebook marketplace like let's find free stuff on facebook marketplace like we've got a oven and carried it out of someone's backyard with masks like don't get near me like and it was so heavy and like just painted it and made a whole set in my backyard we got these pinatas at target for like they were like discounted they're really weird they're they were like seashells and i turned them into eyes and put flour in them and i beat the shit out of them you know and like just all this stuff that we were just you know, what's the cheapest stuff we can find and make it look cool um, and also make sense. And then we made that giant airplane, the giant paper airplane. And Michael and I got paper airplane tattoos to commemorate it. Um, yeah, but it all started, you know, with a paper airplane. And, um, and we made a bunch of paper airplanes because we were like, this is something that we, that's tangible, you know, and affordable and, um, and we like wrote the, uh, the details of the screening on these paper airplanes and like flew them into people's houses um, and would like knock on the door and people would go out and be like, what? And I don't know if any of them watched, <laughs> but, but you know, it was like those things that kind of kept us going, you know, just as people. You gotta have a, a, a project that kind of lights a fire under you. Like, okay, so, I like video. I like working with video. What was the most fun part working with video besides, you know, working with your brother and creating these moments to go along with your music? Was there yeah. part of the production that you actually enjoyed? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I loved every part of it. I loved getting up, even though, I mean, there were definitely times that were so stressful because I had a very um, old laptop that didn't do editing at all um and so yeah so i had imovie app on my phone and i edited it all on imovie app so and i didn't know what i was doing i was googling everything as i went 
Um, you did a great job. If thank it was all you. On <laughs> it was all iMovie and all on my tiny screen. Yeah, on that's my phone. amazing. It took so long. Um, but, and I know that so many of, so much of it would have been so easy for many people to do because I'm not a very technical, like I'm bad at technology. Um, so like simple things probably took a really long time, but it was like absolutely so important that it was like all that I could think about for a month and a half, you know, every single day. Um, just like racing to the finish line of the album release, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely working with my brother, like just thinking of the craziest things we could think of um, and making the props and things, the stop motion video, the paper stickers. That's what I'm thinking about when I'm thinking about you on this iMovie. Like that was nuts. That was crazy. I would not recommend that. No. No, I'm going to take your advice on that. <laughs> yeah, that was nuts. And it also was a thing where, you know, you get to a point with people, you know, when you're at a sleepover or something when you're a kid and it's like 4 o'clock in the morning, you're all like suddenly laughing for no reason. Like Michael and I were making that stop motion video for like, I think it was like 14 hours, 15 hours or something. And we got like a third of the, or maybe like three quarters of the way through and we just started laughing and we're like, what are we doing? Like, why are we doing this? Like, this is taking so long. Like, we're never gonna get through this. And then we did, you know, and it was really cool. That's the kind of stuff that feels so good when you figure something out. I think learning a new skill was honestly really fulfilling too, of like editing, because I'd never done anything like that before, like any kind of editing. And I know Michael, um, Michael is like my brother. He's extremely smart and like a visionary, like he's just this, creative like like you know when you're talking to somebody and you've been smoking weed and they have all these crazy ideas like no, that's I don't know you don't that. know anything like that but that's him without that and also with that but like you know <laughs> like that's just the vibe the vibe he's a t-shirt he, guy he's a t he's definitely a t-shirt okay. guy t-shirt cap what kind of sure. baseball cap baseball okay yeah I'm getting From into bucket baseball. hats. I like bucket hats. Bucket hats. You can rock a bucket hat. There are only a few people that can rock it. I, think. I don't know if I can or can't, but you, you should check can. out the Radio B interview that we did because I got a bucket hat on. Yeah. I think yeah. the thing with bucket hats is you just have to decide to wear one and then you're a bucket hat person. I think. Like, the, is it the same with a fedora? I don't think so. No? No. Because I feel like once you put on a fedora, it's like, yeah, you're yeah. the guy that would put on a fedora. You're the... <laughs> Where yeah, <laughs> you might not have been before, but you are now. You're the fedora guy. Yeah. I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. I, mean, I can't wait to see the comments in the episode. It's like, <laughs> About the fedora. Like, no, it was a bucket. Like this bucket, bucket hat. hat is stupid. Yeah. Like, no, it's cool. It's it's in. It's thank, hip. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's I, real hip. I feel better. Yeah, good. <laughs> About a past choice. <laughs> yeah. I don't have bucket hat remorse. I'm glad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Never regret. No regrets. Life's too short, right? Yeah. What's you know? the point of regretting? Yeah, that's what I feel. So I've noticed recently that 
you've had a couple features on other people's songs, like Space Bomb House Band, you had a song, you were featured on McKinley Dixon's album, which is another super dope artist. Um, is that a is that an effort that you've been doing like on purpose to kind of reach out with extra artists? Um, Are you working with anybody else coming up? I am, yeah. Um, no, it's it honestly. Uh, I haven't. I feel really fortunate that um, both Space Bomb and McKinley reached out to me. McKinley and I have been making stuff together for the past like five years. He'll just send me a track and be like, uh, "Do your thing," and I'm like. Sweet. It's like the best day ever when he sends me something new. Um, it's my favorite thing. I can't even tell you. It's like when you hear a song of his and he's just like, yeah, I trust you, do what you want. It's the most liberating thing. It's like, okay, I'm just going to give him every like beep bop boop I can think of. You know what I mean? And like every harmony, like I'm such a harmony nerd. I love harmonies and I love making them and making them sound different and um, and just like kind of obsessing over it like I'm very into that thing uh, so yeah so it's nice to be able to do that and then send it to him and not hear it for like a couple years like that track I had not heard it um, for a while for a long time and then it came out and I was like okay this is amazing it's so uh, I love I love hearing the process of it and I love that he trusts me to be a part of it I just it's an honor that's cool uh, yeah. do you get updates from artists like you know I'm working on the track this is what I got so far or did most people really? kind of like hold it back and then um yeah it does it really depends on the person but um, yeah with McKinley I think I never expect anything um, like just generally uh, because everybody has their own process and they're taking their time and doing their thing and sometimes like with songs like at least for me I don't ever I don't know if it's going to be something that I necessarily want to release or if it's something that you know I just made and it feels like good to make and then you move on and make something else so yeah so a lot of those tracks that came out um, you know that one I'm featured on um, in the you know parentheses which is cool but you know I sing on a, a handful of songs on the record too um, on the rest of the record and it was just so cool to hear because I hadn't heard any of it um, since I sent a complete mess of vocals like I just send him everything I can think of and it does not sound good. It's like a lot of stuff. I mean, like, yeah, it's just crowded. I just crowd it all. And then he strips it away and finds the things and where to put them. And um, yeah, it's just very cool to, to be a part of that. And then Space Mom was a bit different. It was, um, they reached out to me about that. They're doing a project with covers and it, the first one, I don't know what the other songs are. The first one was Erin Ray, um, and who is an incredible artist. If you don't know her, she's amazing. Um, but the song is Back in Baby's Arms. It's a Patsy Cline song. And, you know, it's a classic country thing, which I love. And then they sent me Send Me No Roses, which is done by Tammy Wynette and Wanda Jackson, who I love both of them so much. Like, 
it's really cool. Country legends. Country legends, yeah. Um, and just like powerhouse women. Um, yeah, so it's very cool that they sent me that. And it's weird because that, uh, you know, that song, Send Me No Roses, a lot of people who know me intimately were like, dang, like, you know, they're like, oh, you wrote this song. Um, because it's very autobiographical. <laughs> like, I have an ex that keeps sending me flowers on my birthday who I would have loved that to happen, but, um, or, yeah, it's like, it's a thing of like, man, like the song says, send me no roses, what I need most is you. And um, it's just very true to my life. It's like, you know, something. So it was cool. It was like a very, and they had no way of knowing that. So it felt like a fate moment of like, okay, I need to process this emotion in the studio. And um, yeah, and I just sang it a bunch of different ways. And I, I'm really happy with how it, it turned out. I'm Alexander and this is Garrett. Hi, we're, Garrett. We're on up to smoke. We found out we lived across the street from each other in college and we were always cooking stuff in the backyard and jerky came into play and I had a recipe that I had messed around with. We went in, you know, that top spice, you can see it is bold. There's a lot of minced garlic, there's black pepper, there's smoked paprika, there's cayenne, there's garlic. There's all these great, great things in there that you just won't know. It's so textural and so vibrant and then you bite into it and it's like, boom, and it just lights you up. And not to be cliche, but we, we made our product with love. We started this because we both ate a lot of beef jerky. We'd go to the grocery store. And we still do. And we, of course we still do. Shout out Three Notch, Brewing. Three Notch Brewing, Collab House and Scott's Edition, our Who Smoked All the Porter recipe that was a companion beer to the Mild Child Jerky. And we were gonna try to take that and rummage that into an awesome little holiday flavor for y'all. You type in here RVA, we haven't made the promo code yet, but it will be live by the time this is. Yeah, you are in the future and this promo code is now live. Exactly. So, so if you use promo card here promo RVA, you will get 25% off your entire order. So when you record vocals, you say like you, you kind of put everything in there and then I'm sure like you track it out and send it to whoever yeah. and allow them to kind of shape it. That's, oh yeah. Have you always done your vocals like that? Yeah. Um, I think for my stuff, it's kind of like that. Um, I try to get it all in for my own stuff. Like I try to get it one take that's just really good. Um, and, but also I'm not somebody that is like, you know, you can't comp my vocals. Like you, for comping is like, uh, for those of you that haven't heard that term, it's like when you take one line from one take and another line from the other take and you pick the best parts, right? Like I, I love that. I think it's magic. I think it's good to get like the best emotion and like, um, timbre for each thing um especially with technology now it, you can't even tell and you're getting all of the emotion i i'm super supportive of that if i can get a full take though like that's exciting yeah um yeah but i definitely with people that i collaborate with like it's their thing you know and i i want to serve that you know i don't feel precious about like if somebody likes something that sounds imperfect that I would fix, like I'm fine with that. Like, cool. Like that's what you're going with, you know? Um, 
yeah, so it's super fun for me to kind of be remove myself from the puppet master role <laughs> and be like, I'll sing all day for you if you want. I love that. Yeah, but I've been working, you asked about future collaborations yeah, yeah. Um, with Ant the Symbol. That guy. Love that guy. Man, he is so great and cool. He is, and he's got an album that is definitely going to be out by the time this episode comes out. And yes. I'm, 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 I'm working on another one now. Another one? Yeah. Man. I don't know if it's going to go on that album. I have no idea what it's part of, and I don't that know what the song is yet. It's always working. It's very good. I love it. I love, I love what he sends me. I think he's so smart, and um, yeah, and I really, I think it's really cool and fresh. And then Devon, DJ Harrison. Um, it's like the coolest thing to work. He's such a master, um, and he's also um, co-producing my record. Uh, LP2. I'm so pumped about album two. Um, it's called Legacy and it's produced by Scott Lane and DJ Harrison. Um, yeah, and we, the three of us have been working on it all summer, summer plus, because the first song, uh, When, which will have already come out by this time of this episode, um, but yeah, When um, is the first track that's coming out in November, and um, we started tracking When, um, like, right before the pandemic so like right before like we were gonna bring the demos to South by kind of thing like um, and we started that in Scott's old studio next to Hardywood and recorded the vocals and the vocal track of that is the only thing uh, that's pre-pandemic which I think is really special to me I, I love that little nugget. It's just for me, but like, it's just like this uh, remnants of that space and where Scott and I started working together and collaborating. Um, and yeah, before we knew any of this was gonna happen, you know, I think it's really cool to have, like albums to me are just like a timestamp, right? It's like encapsulating this time in your life. Um, like Let It Leave, like we had talked about, that was a timestamp. That was like such a moment, right? And then this one is such a moment too. It's like reflecting on all of this time that's felt like 10 years. Like I feel like, I don't know about you, like these last couple years have felt like a decade. <laughs> it's felt so long. It's been a warp. Yeah, it's been a warp. That's a great word for it. And we're just like, in this pool, I feel like I've just been in this pool of ideas and thoughts about the future um, of existence and like, like you know, I legacies. mean, legacies, yeah, and just like, what even is a legacy if we don't have a planet, you know, like, what is 
what is what are we doing how are we treating each other why do we save all this money when all of it's gonna be underwater you know and things that like i don't do scientific research it's not like something like i don't claim to know like we have these many days to be on the planet like at all but it's like this feeling of like this is what's being talked about and climate change is very real and like these anxieties that i've had but also the beauty in the moment and the beauty in what we can do for each other and what we do have to protect here you know and um yeah and just all kinds of perspectives on that and it's just it's cool to hear it all come to life and and to have a new chapter you know i feel like it's just in a time where mortality is on all of our minds it feels like such a relief to have another chapter you know and like to just keep on making and keep on going and shows aren't here right now but they well they are some are they're being canceled all the time um but you know there will be a day when we don't have to worry about things being canceled you know and if we all keep working on making sure that there is a day you know and um like i don't know i think there's something to say about just that general meditation and energy going towards change and um and care yeah i don't know <laughs> that's the next record as a very vibey as a dude born on earth day i could appreciate that mm -hmm. um <laughs> filling water all over my laugh face at my birthday no. <laughs> earth day birthday yeah, it's my but earth day that's How much do you use that? Do you use that a lot? Uh, yeah, I do. Well, yes. I'm proud of you. I've That's used it for really years. Good. I didn't make it up. That was my dad. He's the original cornball to me. Dad. And I've totally taken it Dad up. would. That's really good. So now my son is going to inherit that gene as well. Mm. It's a great gene. Lucky him. Legacies, right? Legacies That's... is the new record. <laughs> and it probably by the time this airs will be coming out very soon. Dope. Which is so cool. Dope. Dope. Oh, and now points for you. <laughs> Dang, that's a good one. Dope. Yeah. We're going to hashtag that. Hashtag dope. Have you ever hashtagged that before? Oh, yeah. Oh, you have? Yeah. Okay, so that's not from here. Okay. I thought we were breaking news. <laughs> I wish. Okay. I think Joey Wharton came up with that. Shout for out the... to Joey Wharton for that. Yeah. Kickstarter I did many moons ago had hashtag dope and donation oh man yeah that's that's good yeah it turns out you can make lots of puns with tibado sure so wise mm. yeah. that's good that's good fertile ground there yeah it is for sure i wonder how many people just got the name did you just get the name no you knew it yeah i, I knew the okay name. cool uh most people i'm hip <laughs> yeah you're so hip. I, know I the, feel like I know some of my say. very best friends, like like best best friends, have been like recently. Oh, and I'm like, oh yeah, got you. <laughs> Don't mess.
music-related, but because you're from Richmond, uh, you talked about things that have been taken away from the scene, um, but are you looking forward to any new things that are coming in or just came in that you think will build up Richmond? Yes, definitely. I think that's an awesome question, too. I think Richmond has so much to look forward to, especially now that we have a newfound sense of community um, outside and like the the um, rallies that were happening with Black Lives Matter last year and the community around that uh, monument, which Robert E. Lee, bye, gone. You get the back deuce. As of just back now. Back deuce and a front deuce. <laughs> when this... When this comes out, people are going to be like, oh my God, yeah, that happened forever ago. So yesterday. But no, it's never going to be yesterday. It's a wonderful thing that happened, okay? Um, I'm not discreet about how I feel about that. Um, Anyway, yes. But uh, I think that there is a magic thing that's happening in Richmond where everyone is becoming very aware of one another and people are collaborating more. I know I work at a restaurant where we're starting to close on one day of the week to allow for pop-ups of other restaurants who have food trucks and maybe want to build into a restaurant or maybe want to like, um, you know, like explore their skills as a chef. Um, They're coming into our restaurant and starting um, to do these like pop-ups and things. And I know we've kind of done the same thing and I've seen a lot of places doing this where they'll collaborate with like chop suey books or like you know all kinds of places um just like coming together and making themselves more visible and um more supportive of one another and just I think that kind of community I'm looking forward to seeing how we can grow in that way and how as artists we can tap into what's happening in our community and um and connect further you know i think that's happening all over the place and people have had time to realign with what they love and what they need to do in this life you know like like what their passion is um and i really look forward to seeing that like flourish like just little things like i went to get my nails done recently in the neighborhood and the girl doing my nails was like um which (laughs) don't like my nails because they look really bad right now but um (laughs) just keep them down i'm like not her fault i'm just really bad at keeping yeah shout her out so we can give her poor reviews (laughs) she's Uh, awesome um yeah but she was just like yeah i could not handle my healthcare job anymore and so i decided to go for what i love and i love to do nails and it's my art and i'm devoting my life to it now and i think there's just a lot of stories like that um so i look forward to just seeing more people flourish and collaborate. And like all these collaborations I'm doing with DJ Harrison, Anthe Symbol, you know, McKinley has always been remote. Um, Space Bomb, like all of this is out of the pandemic and knowing that we can um, connect on the internet and be like, I'm gonna email you this song. Can you send me back, you know? the STEM and people are so respectful of each other's time and like 
the creative space that you need. And um, yeah, I think there's a lot of things that are going to feed into this renaissance of sorts um, that we're having after this pandemic. I hope so. I hope we all planted seeds and I think some, so. something comes from it. And look at this. This is one of those seeds for sure. My gosh. Yeah, this was fun to make. This we had, a, we had a good time. Like this wouldn't have happened if you were on the grind and like hadn't stopped. I mean, maybe. I mean, I, I honestly didn't really stop. I was going to work the yeah. whole time at the, at the oh, news station. Right, so like I was right, still right. going in. But, but if um, artists weren't coming, like needing here RVA, you know, to promote their stuff, like that's also a thing. Like here RVA was such an integral part of like getting the music out there during a pandemic where we couldn't be on stage. Like we couldn't be out mingling and chatting with each other and supporting each other at shows. You know, it's like these platforms and these hubs of people um, really like flourished, I think. I, I'm glad that we're playing our part. I mean, I think that the yeah. talent is here and it just needs to be like showcased in the right way or, or you know, digitally put in front of people since you couldn't be at shows. So yeah, exactly. you know, we all have a part to play, right? You know? Yeah, for sure. So I, I think it's cool and, and I appreciate you coming and being here and being part of season one of Liar Notes. Oh my God. Yeah. Season one. Super fire. Um, and then so cool. Ryan's bringing your super swag gift bag. Party gift. Thank you. Wow. Oh my gosh. Y'all, you, you have to get in on this. Pretzels, s'mores, pretzel. Yeah, I've had one before. They're fantastic. Okay. I may have eaten a few of these. M&M, cake pop. What else? Carrot cake pop. You're good. She knew the flavor right from the look I of know. it. I know. Oh, it's got carrots on it. Look at how cute it is. It's only a true carrot cake lover that like knows what it is. Oh, like, I carrot love cake. carrot cake. Good cinnamon in that. Um, M&M pretzel. Honestly smoked craft jerky. Urban original. The OG flavor. That's what the kids say. They say the OG. And I got a card. Can I open it? Sure. Okay. Oh my gosh, you guys. You're not allowed you to. shouldn't have. But I'm glad you did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at these cards. She's the Can artist. I buy some of these cards? <laughs> to give to people? I'll give you some. They're awesome. Oh, so cool. Thank you so much. This, as we said, was the last episode of season one Liner Notes. And it would be fitting that the only crew to thank would be myself. <laughs> I did everything. I did sound. I did, I did floor directing of myself. I did the camera work. And then, you know, Elijah got to hang out with Doe Eyes. So thanks so much. And we got to give it to the gopher, Jai Hedrick, who is our son. And again, if you want a season two of Liner Notes, please help support the show. Go into our links, 
donate to our fundraiser campaign, share this episode, leave a like, subscribe, do all the stuff, leave a review. As always, we would like to thank our sponsors, Honestly Smoke Craft Jerky and Handy Woman Creations Sweet Treats. And if you watch the visuals of Winer Notes, then you know that we have to thank all of our animators that submitted. We have Don Jonathan Webb, Teddy Taylor III, Ryan L. Moses, and Jai Hedrick. So that's it. We're wrapping up season one. We'll catch you when we catch you. Remember, listen local, make it global. Here, RVA. Peace, y'all. Bye.